Hey, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of Big Dumb Monsters. I'm Chris. And I am Nick. And today, we are talking the 1992 horror classic, Candyman. One. That's, that's right. That's Candyman. Two. Starring Tony Todd. The beloved Tony Todd as the Candyman. Three. Uh, we... We really like this movie. We gush about it through the entire episode. We really love Tony Todd. Yeah. We gush about him through the entire episode. We gush about Tony Todd and the Candyman or... in this episode. Um, of course, it's becoming our signature to just get off track. Um, but we 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 I don't know, we did a good job this episode. I, I think, think of actually. I think we did. We we did go off a little bit in the review, but we tried to bring it back. We're still kind of working out the kinks in this whole system like a, a, a super dry review isn't great so we go off a little bit and then we bring it back in and then we do sort of yeah especially this is a, a subject uh near and dear to both of our hearts uh for different aspects um so we're just naturally inclined to ramble yep so we're gonna get into this episode and uh hope you guys enjoy Candyman. When I first like when we first started well, when I first started watching this uh, this week, I was like, "Is this going to be enough to talk about?" Like, because it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Um, yeah, no, there's definitely a lot to talk about in this movie. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's one of those movies. Like, I remember liking it when I first saw it. I saw it again probably a couple of years ago, and like, oh yeah, this really is a good movie. And then it's just it's I've never I've never repeat watched it enough for it to like stick. Oh really? Yeah. So every time I watch it, it's like it's almost like I'm watching it, you know, for the first time again. Oh man, that's, I mean, that's special. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I think I've seen it so many times that it's just like, it's just on the list of movies that I really, really enjoy. So, I I don't get that like fresh viewing ever. Yeah. Probably because I watch it usually like I try to get like a couple viewings in a year, <laughs> you know, at least once. But. Um. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I like. I remember this. This movie sticks in my head a lot because I, it was a it was a comic book ad movie. Like, if your movie was on the back page of a comic book, like it's a movie I'm pretty much going to remember like forever. Uh, I'm looking oh, at you, yeah. like Cool World, um, The Quest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't say they were good one movies. Of... I said they're memorable movies. That's one of Jean Claude Van Damme's best movies. <laughs> I want to say Hard Target was one too. <laughs> um but yeah i'm on i'm sure it used that like that iconic cover image of the the eye with the with the b hanging off yeah of it. that was exactly it yeah yeah that that in itself is is kind of disturbing <laughs> um i want to say when this first came out i don't remember it getting a lot of critical acclaim i remember a lot of people liking it but it, you know not really being talked about like critically I feel like over the years it has gotten a lot more like critical due. Uh, it's kind of like you know, it's, it's definitely a classic. I would say at this point, 
Um, it's it's at least a cult classic. I know culturally it's it, it's fairly important. I mean, to the point where it's getting a, a remake. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't really remember what the buzz was about like when it first came out because I wasn't. I wasn't that old. I mean, would would it come out in 90... 19... uh, I want to say 90. I'm looking... Hold on. uh, 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is right here. Um, Yeah, so I was was 13. So I was was right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was was a little younger than that. But when I did see it, it it always stuck with me because, like, all the imagery in the movie is, is really iconic. Yeah, there's a lot of strong imagery. And then uh, when we fr- when you when we first chose this movie, you said uh, you know one of the best, like you know, if not the best horror score. I, I oh yeah, have to agree with that. It was really good. And you know, I listened to it on Spotify the other day, uh-huh. and it, like it, it's still really really good just to listen to it on its own. But the way it sits in the movie is just perfect. Yeah, it's very very Clive Barker esque, where it's got that like electronica kind of feel to it, but it's also very gothic sounding. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, yeah. It's 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 synth heavy, but it's not like new wave. Yeah, it's not like you know dance I mean? synth. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Damn it! I. I hmm. Uh, I did it again. <laughs> what did you do? I keep saying um. I, I'm trying oh. to like rein it in. <laughs> yeah. You can you can do it. Come on. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> and so the um, but yeah the the composer was uh, Philip Glass, who is like a you know, one of the like more well known like modern composers. I want to say what else has he what else has he done? Uh, to the intern, I know he does like I want to say he's done a lot of stuff in like you know like like a, not like movie score stuff, but like you know kind of composery things with like an orchestra like 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 Carnegie oh, really? Hall and stuff like that yeah that's uh, impressive yeah yeah uh but he probably has done other movie scores as well it's but i mean like the, for me personally like the only the only uh movie score or like musical moment in a movie that's more impressive and more fitting than the soundtrack that he put to the candyman was tubular bells being used in The Exorcist. Yeah, oh, for sure. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's Carol that's, of the Bells. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. Oh, shit. It's all bells. They all sound the same at this point. <laughs> yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still looking at Philip Glass. He does I, there's a lot of, like, opera stuff. A lot of... Uh... So he's legit. Yeah, like, like he's, he's a legit, like, composer, not just, like, a, you know some dude cutting yeah. film scores in his garage you know yeah so he's got that like uh but he has oh, done man. like oh fantastic four Ooh, the 2015 one Ooh, Ooh. you didn't Bell. even have to, you don't even have to throw a year on it you <laughs> just say fantastic four <laughs> any of them but he's got like he did the battlestar galactica like the newer one uh, uh grand theft auto 4 <laughs> nice. what yeah but at the like same time, awesome. he's like, you know, like uh, Akhenaten, uh, the Grand Opera, uh, yeah. the Cocteau trilogy. So yeah, I mean, he's he's a legit, you know, uh, you know, composer. You know, so his, he's you know, he's adding some weight to the score. Is what I'm trying to say very clumsily. Yeah. Yep. 
So let's get down to the nitty gritty on this movie. Um, what is an aspect of this movie that you find personally like really appealing? When I was younger, obviously the whole supernatural aspect of it, of him being this like supernatural creature that only like appears when you, you know, you say his name in a mirror, like a bloody Mary type of thing. Yeah. This most recent watch through, I, this never kind of stuck with me. There is an argument to be made that the Candyman doesn't actually exist and that everything that's going on is in uh, uh, Virginia Madsen's head, her character's head. Okay. He, oh, so like she, like she, caught wind of the the myth and then rolled with it into her, like uh, kind of insanity. Yeah, like she was breaking down already, like kind of because there's the whole thing going on with her husband, who she you know clearly knows is cheating on her. Um, right. She's you know kind of under the stress of putting together like a thesis. So I mean, there's the whole that whole thing going on, and. and Every time you know the Candyman kills somebody, there's never really anybody else around. It's it's Helen and you know, uh, and you know obviously the Candyman and whoever she's talking and whoever's, to. Yeah, whoever's getting killed. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it, there's a whole kind of aspect that I never picked up on. Where you know, is she crazy or is this really happening? The only kind of you know evidence that the Candyman is real is that the kid at the end says you know he saw him go into the, that, you know, the giant pile of stuff out in the, uh, like the courtyard of the, the, the project. Right. But again, like, is this just, you know, this kid just kind of being a kid saying like, Oh, the candy man lives in there. Cause he's scared of this big, scary, you know, right. Pile of shit, or, you know, close to his house. Or did he see her go in and assumed it was her? Yeah. Yeah. So nobody other than Helen really sees the candy man. Um, so I, that, that kind of struck me this time. I never picked up on that. Any of the, the previous times I've seen this. That's a really good point. I really like that that yeah. point of view. Um, for me, what I love about this movie and this character is how romantic it all is. Yeah, like there's there's this just just seduction and romanticism. It's yeah, like a very like Dracula esque like gothic romance type of story. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and that's that's um, I think I said it in our. Uh, maybe it was our Godzilla episode. Uh, I was talking about the kind of villains that I like. Yeah. And they're the ones that are, that are intelligent and kind of subtle, but, you know, can be absolutely vicious. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is this character to a T. And Tony Todd, I don't think anybody could have done this as well as he did. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I was, I was going to say that I'm, I'm trying to hold off on the Tony Todd praise because like, <laughs> I, I love Tony Todd. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, he is for sure a movie helper in that any movie he is in, he automatically makes better just by being there. Oh, sure. Um, it, he's, he's just got like, um, I don't know if it's his mindset uh, or what he brings to a character or it's just, he's just got a presence. Yeah. That I think everybody likes to work with because I've never seen anything with him in it and I'm like, eh, it's just like, like, uh, Tony Todd sucked in that one, but it's, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and all then... of it, all of his Star Trek characters were great. <laughs> uh, he's great in the Candyman. He, he was in a uh, couple of Rob Zombie things and he's always good. He's always fun to watch. There was, um, I mean, for, I mean, I was a big fan of the crow when I was younger. I mean, I, oh I, yeah. 
it took probably a decade or so for it to set in that the dude in that movie is Tony Todd, like the uh, the enforcer dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like he just he doesn't look like himself. You know, he looks a little bit like bulkier. He's got like the like the whole like hitman thing going. And yeah, I think just, he had a goatee in that one. Yeah, Some yeah. Facial hair going. Yeah. Um, but he's just one of those dudes who's in so many movies and so many shows, and again, just makes them all that much. He was in Riverdale and was awesome in Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife was watching that. I I couldn't stand to watch it. Like a couple uh, yeah. episodes here and there, I was like, okay, this is all right. And then my wife and I episode. got into like got like a season and a half into it, and like it is just like this is just ridiculous. Why are we watching this? Dunzo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is why is Archie a bare knuckle boxer? <laughs> yeah, like Archie is like the we. I used to say Archie was the male version of a Mary Sue. Like, just every yeah. week, he was the best at whatever utility skill that they needed. Like, he was a bare yeah. knuckle. He was in Archie went to prison and became a bare knuckle boxer. He's like a senior yeah. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And, like, and the part where it I, wasn't for me. What I what I jumped at was with like they were running like a speakeasy bar, and again, these yeah. are high school students. Yep. And not like on the down low, like no, Veronica's just openly running a bar. Like, yeah. oh my god. Anyway, anyway, back to <laughs> back to movies and, and shows that don't suck. <laughs> um, if you like Riverdale, it's okay. I still love you. Oh god, it's just a terrible show, though. <laughs> you deserve the shame we are heaping upon you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this like this movie is just very from start to finish very tragic. All around. I mean, oh yeah. There's nothing feel good about this movie. Not a thing. Like even at the end. Yeah. Like where, where you get you know some resolution with with characters. It's still not a happy ending. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's like a. I don't know. It's like it's a it's a benefit to the whole thing because there's it's it starts kind of on a low. Mm-hmm. And then it just it plummets. It like goes the, lower. <laughs> the whole feel just like lower and lower and lower, and you feel terrible for all these people that are in this movie, and you feel you feel terrible for the Candyman at at certain points. Yes, yeah, so I mean just the unrelenting bleakness, and then you have his origin story um, yeah. of you know he basically he was an artist, uh, he was hired to paint this rich guy's daughter, you know, and they ended up falling in love, and she got pregnant. And, you yep. know, because he was black, obviously that was not cool in the, in the 1890s or whatever. Um, yeah. And yeah, so he was, you know, they chopped off his hand, they set him on fire and uh, or no, the bees killed him. Then they set him on fire. Yeah. Yeah. They, they uh, smeared him with honey. Yeah. And, and the bees stung him to death and then they burned him and spread his ashes over uh, the area that the Cabrini Green uh, housing projects we're in. So that's our hero, quote unquote, origin story. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it's a sympathetic villain, and that's just so good. <laughs> but well, I mean, even beyond, even beyond, like that kind of downer, uh, the whole um, the social aspect uh, of like um, racism and uh, you know black poverty and. Yeah, and all those things that it touches on, like that, also really important to the movie. Yeah, for sure. Because... I mean, it, it's set in Cabrini Green, like the notoriously worst housing project in the country. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, the the like one of the main plot points is the you know 
that this is happening in Cabrini Green, and then there's the counterpart building that the you know the, that Helen lives in, which was also supposed to be a project, but like the city realized, oh, we built way too nice of a project and way too nice of a you know an area. Yeah, there's there's no throughway cutting this one off from the rest of the city. Yeah, yeah so uh, we're gonna sell this to white people instead. Yep. Um, but I guess it, I guess it got a lot of heat because it, uh, it was viewed as like uh, perpetuating racist stereotypes, and I can see it as that, like from a surface level. Yeah. But I don't think that was any of the intention. I think it was um, more of a uh, sorry. It's less of a like a white people should be afraid of black people as it is um, like upper middle class people are afraid of impoverished people. Yeah. I think that's more the feel that they were trying to go for. Yeah. Especially if you kind of clumsily handle the the delivery of the message, you know? Yeah. Cause like if you look at the source material, the, the short story by Clive Barker is the forbidden. Mm -hmm. It's set in Liverpool. And I think all the characters are white and the, the message is basically the same. It's like an upper class versus lower class um, kind of thing. But when you translate that into the United States in the nineties, you're just, you're, you're going to go with what is the worst that you can do. And it's this particular set of projects. Yeah. Just by the, just by the casting and the setting of the story, you can create an unavoidable issue that has to be addressed kind of. Yeah. Um, shit, I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, see, now I'm all thrown off. I, um, I want to say this might've been like the first, you know, kind of like black slasher film. If, if my memory serves me correctly, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm speaking of no, no expertise on that. In terms of slasher. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be the first, I mean, he's definitely not the first black, um, not the, yeah, like we have Blackula. Like like, yeah, that was like you know, the yeah, 70s. You've got, I was going to say, you've got Blackula, which. Also I getting mean, a remake, I, by the way. Is it really? Yeah, they just announced it this week. Huh. I, you know, I've seen that movie. I can't remember anything about it. Yeah, I haven't. I, I, I it was on some streaming service recently, and I, I meant to watch it, and I never got around to it. I, I think it's, it's got at least one or two sequels. Yeah, because there's Scream, Blackula, Scream. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't remember the third one. I think there's Son of Blackula. Probably that's a that's the natural horror progression for any franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're done with this character. Son of. Here we go. <laughs> Either Son of or the franchise goes to space. A la Jason. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Jason Hellraiser and Leprechaun. Yes. Yeah. All went to space. <laughs> and the only one of those that is fun for me to watch is Hellraiser. Yeah, I'm I, I a, remember... I'm a, I'm a Clive Barker fanboy, so, like, anything involving characters that he makes... I want to say I haven't seen Leprechaun since the 90s, since it first came out, probably. Uh, I want to say I saw the first two. Because I think it was Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun in the Hood, and then Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> and I... Th- think i think they might have even made one after that i want to say isn't there just God, straight up not. leprechaun four or five or something like it's 
doesn't have I like a leprechaun, theme. No, I think Leprechaun Four was Leprechaun in Space. Okay. Good if God. Memory serves. How did they get f- at least four movies out of that concept? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> God, I don't know. Uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I have never seen any of the sequels to this. Um, you said you, you you may have seen it, but don't remember. Uh, I know I have, but I don't remember hmm. uh, because I think I saw those when I was a kid. Yeah, like when they were you know they were newish. Yeah, probably like mid nineties. Like, well, like when they like when they went to TV to, during Halloween time. I think they would show um, Farewell of the Flesh, which is the second one, and then the the third one is Day of the Dead. I was gonna say I think it's like Day of the Dead or something. Yeah. Uh, this uh, for me, the reason another thing we were kind of talking about before we started recording was that I hadn't seen this. Um, you know, I haven't had many repeat viewings of this, so every time I watch it, it's kind of new to me. The reason for that is because I was like, we were an HBO family. And this was a strictly Showtime movie. But the only time I ever got to see it was like when we had the Showtime free preview for like three days, like once a year. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. They'd give you like Disney for the weekend. Yeah, those were always the best. Like, oh, yes, I got yeah. yeah, I would tape so many movies whenever we had the Showtime preview. <laughs> oh, those were the days. <laughs> Taping movies off off TV. Yep. Uh, if I set this to super low play, I can get like three movies on here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they all look like look like and sound like shit. Yeah. yeah they're barely watchable. <laughs> but I want to say I, I want to say I had Candyman recorded. I just didn't watch it that often. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> You're kicking yourself now, aren't you? A little bit. Yeah, this is a really good movie. It's uh it's really good. I like the pacing through the whole thing it, it, it's kind of a it, slow burn but not so that you're you lose interest like yeah it's I just didn't, steadily I don't building get, i don't get bored watching it yeah 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 it's like it'll start to it'll start to kind of teeter on the edge and then bam something happens and then it'll it'll go back and it'll it'll burn a little longer and it starts to teeter on the edge and then another thing happens which like that's that's where i like to be because <laughs> You know, it's it, that constant nonstop action stuff. That's fun and that's that's cool. But if you want to feel it, like you've got to have those peaks and valleys. Yeah, you've got to invest in the characters, not just in the you know the scenery, like the you know the action and you know what's unfolding. Like, there's you know building up the characters is what makes those action scenes and you know, like the horror sequences like that much more meaningful. You know, absolutely. And and like the scenes in this movie. You know they're they're pretty gnarly. They're not the worst thing I've ever seen, but they have more impact because they're not happening constantly. Yeah, I, I think that helps it a lot. That's a, I, I, the effects in this movie are great. I, I forgot to see who did the effects, but like some uh, of the stuff Bob is just Keen, grisly. I think, I think it was Bob Keen. Yeah, um, on I IMDb, so. let me see if I can see. But yeah, I mean, <sighs> from from the Candyman's hand to you know Helen's like final look. Uh, at the end of the movie, like it's just very, yeah. like very grisly. Yeah, it's it's uh, visceral. Yeah, is, is, a, is a good word for it. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm not finding that. No. Damn you, IMDb. Why aren't you more comprehensive? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> it's sometimes a, a bitch to try to find anything there. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, overall, obviously, I think we uh, we both uh, approve of this movie. Definitely, yeah, uh, you know, a must watch if you're a horror uh, fan. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to come across too many horror fans that haven't at least seen it at some point in their lives. Yeah, I will say I that it has like this property does have staying power for like you know something that hasn't put out. You know, the third Candyman movie probably came out in like the late '90s or early 2000s at the latest. You know, it's something yeah. that's still in a lot of people's heads. Yeah. And you know, with the 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 I don't know, is it a remake that they're they're doing of the first one? I was going to save that actually for later, um, uh, in the in the better known as segment because one of the um, the lady who plays the mom to the baby, um, uh, hold on, I forget her name, uh, Annie, yeah, Annie Marie, Anne Marie. Anne Marie, Anne Marie uh, McCoy. Yeah, that actress is listed in, on IMDb in the the new movie as the same character. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd so I'm cool. assuming I, I believe it's a continuation. It's not a remake, or you know, it's it's more of a reboot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm I'm really on the fence because I love this movie so much that like I don't I don't want somebody to come in and go this is my version of this movie and it have like all the, the feeling go away from it because there's, there are specific things in this movie that just make it special. Yeah. You know, like that romanticism and the slow burnness, uh, and I mean the iconicness of a lot of those scenes. Yeah. I, I like, think, uh, you know, it with Jordan Peele being in charge, I think that's a good sign. He's, you know, he's, I, I've enjoyed his movie so far. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, get out. Yeah. Um, the, I, I also like the fact that it's a reboot instead of a, of a remake. I, I want more of the same, you know, not more of the same story, but I want to, I want to, you know, a continuation of the original story as opposed to let's just redo the whole thing, you know, over again. Right. I don't know. Like he does, he, he has a very specific, like artistic vision and, and I could see him doing a really good job with it. Yeah. I'm just scared that he might not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as I know, though, he was a huge fan of the original. That's why he wanted to do the, you know, the, this new one. So right. Fingers crossed. Like everything looks good. And, Doesn't look like a yeah. you know a Hollywood cash grab type of uh, situation. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think any of his work really is. I think he's dedicated to making movies that he wants to make. Yeah. Yeah. So, for I sure. Mean, that's a, that's a good sign. Yeah. He's not going to take a movie for a paycheck. Yeah. And, and that the. The, the racial aspect of it should be like an interesting viewpoint because now it's not a movie kind of focusing on urban life directed and produced by a white man you know it's <laughs> yeah it's and and his uh his his view on all that is is very special so it should be good I don't, I'm just I'm scared I guess <laughs> it'll be okay it'll be okay I it'll know it'll be all right <laughs> and if it's not to my liking, I don't ever have to watch it again, I guess. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, one of the few good things about getting older is that you just start to stop. Instead of getting enraged about things like that, you just stop caring. Yeah. 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 That's not for me. I care. I care. But I don't have to, like, I don't have to carry it around with me. Yeah. Like, oh, that sucks. That's a wasted opportunity for me to, like, see something I probably would have enjoyed. But it's not for me. I'm going to yep. go watch the original. Yeah, like, uh, I think they're going to be doing a Hellraiser TV show, or it's in the talks. Oh, really? TV show. 
And I am not on board with that unless Clive Barker is coming back to do something with it. I want to say, I, I kind of vaguely remember hearing about this. He wasn't involved originally, and then he started kind of putting up a stink. And I think yeah. he might be involved in it now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to that universe that they could they could do shit with. I mean, they don't have to keep bringing Doug Bradley back for Pinhead, but... I, I've only seen the, the first two movies. I, I keep meaning to watch the rest, and I just... Oh, don't watch the rest. Watch... Watch what you've watched. All right, good to know. Because I really enjoyed the second one. I let me tell you, man. I am a huge fan of Hellraiser. Yeah, I couldn't finish the series of movies. <laughs> oh wow! I think I got up to like six, six or seven. Oh yikes! And yeah, they they start getting real direct to DVD. It, it's one of those cases where when it starts to kind of dig into the the story of the Cenobites, and correct me if I'm wrong. Like it, when it once it like unravels the story, it makes the Cenobites like kind of like less interesting, basically. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's cool to learn their history and and where they're they're from, but like, yeah, it takes all the it takes all the juice out of it. Yeah, it's kind of like the the you know the Phantom Menace problem. Like, once you see Darth Vader as a little kid, like he's not that really you know not that much scary as a villain, you know. Yeah, like it it brings something special to the character but it takes away a lot more yeah rings but anyway that's a whole lot of crapshoot shit um yeah, we, we once again we, we always cut straight to the crapshoot during we, the review uh, specifically yeah <laughs> but at least we we kind of stayed on the clive barker kick um yeah man like i i can't recommend this movie enough to people that like horror movies um just because it's different yeah um, for sure it's not your typical slasher movie it's not like yeah kids having sex in a car getting diced up you know yeah i don't want to say it's like the thinking man slasher movie but it's it's just deeper than jason you know? yeah there's a little bit more thought investment required of you uh you know yeah. as a viewer so what do you what are you gonna rate this like one out of ten one th- or one through ten. Oh, for me I can't give it a ten just because like it I, I, I haven't had that, you know, re like I where I have to just rewatch it all the time. For mm-hmm. me, it's probably I would say like an eight. It's up there. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say eight as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um the the things that don't make it to a ten for me, like some of the acting is a little bad. Yeah. Um uh a couple of the a couple of scenes weren't like really great um they don't they don't explain a couple of things like oh they're uh, what are they having a bonfire yeah that's for the party oh what what the fuck are you talking about yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but if you go back to the story like the original short story that is um that's in there they're making a bonfire because it's like guy fox day is coming up so oh, it's explained okay. in the, the original source material. They carry it over for the same ending. But they can't explain why explain they're doing it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, oh, we're just going to have a big-ass bonfire for a party. And <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like stupid little shit like that. It's It doesn't make it, like, the perfect movie. And I don't think anything's really going to be perfect, but this is, like, this is almost as good as it gets for a slasher movie for 
for one that's not just nonstop action. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I agree I, with don't that. Don't get me wrong. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. I love uh, Friday the 13th. They're just like bang, 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 bang. Grizzly, nasty, gory horror movies, and I love them. But sometimes you want something that's a little more... Uh, more cerebral. substance. Yeah, more substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, you take into uh, you take into account the soundtrack, the pacing, the 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 um, the special effects. And uh, I we, I haven't mentioned this either. There's actual, I mean, genuine scares in this movie too. The, oh uh, yeah. The first time you see the Candyman, where his hand just busts through the fucking medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. Like that is frightening. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that in IMDb trivia. Oh, nice. Which uh, speaking of segues. <laughs> yeah. How about we have one? Yeah. <laughs> Not to bother you with trivia. I used to think they were kind of trivia. Um, yeah, moving on to the to the trivia segment. Let's uh, let's hear what you uh, what you what you uncovered this week. Oh, I uh, I got quite a bit. All right, quite a bit because there's a lot of interesting facts here. So, the bees that were all over this movie were bred specifically for this movie, which is not uncommon. Yeah, but it's it's an interesting little thing. Uh, and they did that they did that because they needed the bees to be young enough. That they looked mature, but their stingers weren't fully developed. Oh, uh, so they couldn't sting people. Yeah. Well, they they could still sting, but it wouldn't be as bad as like a, a mature bee sting. Okay. All right, um, that's interesting. Yeah, there uh, are a year. lot. Like, I mean, Tony Todd is covered in bees for like a good is he covered in bees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're a really important aspect of that movie yeah uh let's see here uh exterior hallway and stairway scenes were actually filmed for a few days in cabrini green oh man yeah um <laughs> like this is ballsy yeah the, the the producers had to make a deal with gang members that were living there to put them in the movie to ensure the safety of the crew Okay, yeah. That, that So like, hey, we'll put you in the movie. Let us film it here. That explains some uh, some some, uh, some acting choices in some of the scenes. Yeah. Um yep. yeah, I mean, it's like I said Cabrini Green is is notoriously bad. It's one of those places where, you know, if you're if there's, you know, for some reason calling 911 from there, the cops aren't coming to help you. Yeah. No, like when did they tear that down? I think it was torn down in like 2004. Yeah, yeah, not that long ago. Yeah, it's like it was bad for a long time because it was built in the 40s, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, ah, here. While investigating one of the Candyman's crime scenes, Helen and Bernadette discover that the design of the apartment's medicine cabinet made it possible uh, point of entry for an intruder. And this was not a made-up piece of horror fiction. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I guess while researching the movie... Um, the director learned that a series of murders had been committed in Chicago that exact same way. Oh, by crawling through the medicine cabinet hole? Yeah, because you would have these adjoining apartments, and then there's, 
you know, the, the medicine cabinet on one is the, like the medicine cabinet on the other. Yeah. They, they, the backs touch. Yeah. So you, you drop that down. You've got basically a window into somebody else's apartment. Oh, and that's, that's horrific. Yeah. Like the, 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 the true crime lover in me adores that fact that <laughs> like they would, that they would find this like true crime element and and bring it to the movie yeah because they cheaped out on construction like a whole bunch of people got murdered yeah yep that's exactly it too (laughs) uh let's see oh uh this one i really like because this is this um this ties your two leading actors together in the a really cool way um Bernard Rose, the director, had Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd take ballroom dance classes together, so they would have more of a like a romantic connection uh, playing the characters. Really? Yeah, and that's super cool. And and you can you can kind of feel that too. Like there is like a a longing from uh, the Candyman. Yeah, there is a chemistry between them. Yeah, and yeah. I have it's, to, uh, it's, like it's, it's cool. It's not just your normal like. Well, I want to kill this woman because I don't know. I want to kill her. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He wants, you know that. Well, I'm the bad guy in this vic- movie, so. He keeps going back to that. You know that line: "Be my victim." Uh, you know, be my victim, and it's, it's like it's he's trying to seduce her, into this violence, and it's just a really cool way to do it. Yeah. Huh, I have to remember that for future reference. Yeah. Uh, ooh, I like this one, too. So, Tony Todd apparently had a great lawyer. <laughs> okay. And uh, he negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every bee sting he suffered filming these movies. So, over the course of all three of them, <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was stung like like 20 or 25 times. I would show up every day with honey, like on at least yeah. one portion of my body. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> oh, I got stung again. That's another thousand. Oh, ka-ching! Yeah. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. Ka-ching! Hey, hey! <laughs> wow, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know that he wanted to get stung by bees, but I don't think he minded for getting a thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, it certainly takes a little bit of the pain away if you know you're getting a thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, I think the cure for a bee sting is rubbing hundred dollar bills on it. So. <laughs> oh, oh, on the DVD commentary, which, by the way, I love watching movies with the with the commentary on. I don't. I don't know that I have this movie on DVD, so I might have to get it just for the just for just the, commentary. the commentary. But. Uh, Apparently, if Virginia Madsen hadn't been available to play the part of Helen, it would have most li- most likely gone to Sandra Bullock. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I I don't know if I could have like. I don't know, man. Yeah, if I could see her like playing that character. I don't I don't know that she could have, you know, and not to take anything anything away from Sandra Bullock, I just don't think this is her wheelhouse. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't know that she could have done it as well as Virginia Madsen did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like I, I'm, I'm, I've got it playing right now. There's a lot of scenes where like 
she's just like, you know, she's kind of like at her wits end. She's just like smoking nonstop and just, you know, kind of just like kind of being yeah, run very, down. And like, I don't, I don't yeah. see Sandra Bullock being that person. Like, no, yeah. I think, I think at this point, like Sandra Bullock might've been too young. Yeah. To really pull off that like frazzled thing. Cause speed was 94, I think. So this is uh, probably somewhere around. That. Yeah. Filmed probably two years before that. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think that would have worked. I like maybe she could have done it. I don't I think it would have given the movie a different feel. Yeah. And you know, you you can't really look at what she's done and go what she might have done, but I don't know. Could have sucked. Could have been okay. I don't know. I like what we got. <laughs> Oh, the effects crew had a blacksmith make Candyman's hook. Oh, really? But, yeah. But when they went to pick it up, the guy refused to sell it to them because he heard it was for a Clive Barker horror movie. And he was a devout Christian blacksmith and had misgivings about the project. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. I was like, oh, so they didn't just use, like, some crowbar. Like, nope, nope. They, apparently they did have to use some crowbar because the guy who made the yeah, special one. I think they had to wind up making one themselves for the movie. Oh, wow. Uh, Virginia Madsen? Apparently. I, like, I can't really... Of course, this is IMDb, so you can't... You can't go by everything you read on here. Virginia Madsen was hypnotized and given a trigger phrase on the set for her scenes with Candyman. And then grew increasingly uncomfortable with this method, so she asked for it to be canceled. Huh. I, so I guess a lot of those scenes where she's like, just like staring off into space. Yeah, I was gonna say they're, they're like whenever he's around, she is kind of like dazed. Yeah, I guess that's how they got her to do that, and that's a that's a cool method if it's true. I can see it definitely really fucking fucked with you over time. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Hmm. Oh, here's another here's another casting. Uh, could have been and this for sure would have been bad um, do you know who was considered for the role before Tony Todd oh no who Eddie Murphy what yeah uh, like on the one hand <clears throat> like he's done some dramatic roles like where he's been good but he that's can, been more he can, recent. He can dramatic. He can dramatically act. Yeah. He just does not have the vibe for this character, especially in 1992. Like uh, you know, where he's like just kind of coming down off of his stand-up career, but he's you know he, now he's in like the prime of his movie career. Yeah. 92. 92. He probably was doing what? Beverly Hills Cop three. No, that was 97. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. 92 was like Boomerang. Um, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to think. But this is probably, it's probably, you know, I would say right maybe towards the end of his prime. Definitely after he's done being a stand-up. But yeah. mainly when he's known for comedy, for comedic stuff. Yep. You know, I and, don't know if he could have pulled, you know, just not, 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 not nothing against his ability. Just because it's one of those things where it's, the whole movie you're going to be like, oh, that's Eddie Murphy. Yeah, in this, and like you're not going to be able to get past that. You're just going to be thinking about Eddie Murphy jokes. But apparently, but apparently he was he was too short for the role, and because oh. he's 
because he's like five foot nine. Yeah, yeah. And that's not that's not intimidating at all. Yeah. <laughs> so they went with Tony Todd because he was six. Yeah, so he's a, he's a big dude. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That would have ruined this movie, I think. And again, like yeah. not because of Eddie Murphy's abilities, just because like it's Eddie Murphy, you know, comedian just, in a movie. Yeah, it just it, it wouldn't have the same impact. Uh, oh, whenever Candyman is walking. <clears throat> excuse me. Whenever Candyman is walking, his footsteps have no sound, signifying his status as rumor and mythology powered by superstition come to life. Hmm. I like which that. Could also, yeah. Which is which is cool because like, oh, is he a supernatural thing or... It plays into what, have, yeah, what I was saying earlier. Does he not have the footstep sounds because he's a figment of her imagination? Yeah. That, see, like, those are the little details that I love in movies. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, like that's a really good... That's a clever way to, to get around, you know, like the... the uh, big monster clunk 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 mm-hmm. kind of thing oh you know that that scene where he's got a mouthful of bees yeah it took a half an hour for all those bees to get in his goddamn mouth oh jesus oh god that like oh i can't imagine having to film that <laughs> yeah i guess he uh he, uh, he had a, a dental dam in so they wouldn't go down his throat oh god damn yeah. God dental dam. <laughs> God dental dam. <laughs> oh, he worked with yeah, okay. He, he worked with Bob Keen on Candyman's look. So I don't know if Bob Keen did the special effects or if he was like just like a, a designer. That's a I really love the look of the character dude, like that heavy like coat and then like uh, when he opens up you can see his ribs and shit. Like, oh god, yeah, it's a really great look. Yep. But uh, apparently Keen first had Todd wear a machine-controlled fake right arm. Uh, uh, with but, the hook? With the hook on it. But they found the, the movements of the arm were too strict. Or, it, it, like, it pr- probably just wasn't natural moving, like an animatronic. Uh, but then they came up uh, with the idea of having him just wear the hook on his on his arm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know why you would need like a yeah, have that robotically controlled. Like, just your arms Probably, in the sleeve, hold on to the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not not a difficult effect to pull off. Yeah, here was uh, here was one of Tony's uh, downfalls though, because I guess he's not much of a uh, designer. He suggested that the character wear an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been too much. Yeah, well, not to mention the dude was supposed to be an artist too. Like. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a pirate. Yeah. You're an artist. Uh another thing about the the um the wardrobe though, which I I really like that coat um and the 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 nice pants and the the shoes mm-hmm. because it it gave him like this like th- this upper crust look. Yeah, he you know, did something like an aristocratic. supposed like, to have an, I can't even, an aristocratic. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. look to it. Be, yeah. yeah, because like in the in the lore, his his father was like a former slave who became wealthy by inventing uh, a way to mass produce shoes. Yeah, um, and then he went to all these like very upper crusty, hoity-toity, you know, uh, places to get educated. 
so they dressed him as such, you know, in the in the time he would have worn that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But apparently, because he's wearing a big, furry long coat, a lot of critics uh, compared it to a black exploitation character. Oh, what like a pimp coat or something? Yeah. Oh, that's and, a bit of a fucking stretch. Yeah, you know, and you know who was one of the people doing that was Gene Siskel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. No, yeah, he's uh, terrible. Yeah, uh, I can't agree <laughs> with that at all. No, he's like he's not like he's wearing if, a giant like fur coat. Like it's a it's a heavy it's a it's an appropriate coat for what like that an, an aristocrat. You know, I can't even. I keep trying. Aristocrat. To, thank you. An aristocratic <laughs> person would have worn at that time. I agree. Yeah, but I think I think people were looking for more ties. Uh, to the um, like the 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 racial tension that's in the movie already. Yeah. I think they were like, oh well, what about that? And it's not like he's wearing a big furry hat and a and a gaudy white. Yeah, he's like strutting down the street with a cane. Rope. Yeah, you know, he's just wearing a big o- fur lined overcoat. Quite frankly, you know? that observation says a little bit more about the person making it than it does about the character. Yeah. Ugh. Which I say as a white man, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then our our last uh, our last little tidbit of information here, mm-hmm. which goes back to one of your one of your favorite scenes, I guess. Here is the scene where Candyman's hook bursts through the mirror. Uh, was set up without Virginia Madsen knowing. So oh, she really the, freaks the hell out. The, yeah. So she legitimately got the shit scared out of her. And I guess she ran screaming off the set. <laughs> she did not have a good time filming this movie, it sounds like. No. She nope. being, like hypnotized and everything. Hypnotized, covered in bees, scared <laughs> to death. Um yeah, that's a lot of like a lot of good facts for this one. Yeah. Um moving on to the uh like the part two of the trivia we'll say. Um, but better two. known as, outside of the main players, you know, nobody really in this movie kind of went on to do it. Well, I don't want to slight anybody's careers, but they're not really known outside of this movie. There's a few, um, mainly uh, Cassie Lemons, who was uh, Helen's friend. Uh, let me get her name, sorry. Bernadette. Uh, Bernadette, thank you. She uh, was actually, where am I? She was in, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's been in Walker, Texas Ranger, Murder, She Wrote. Um, uh, There was one, uh, no, the one biggest role that she, most people probably would know her from. She's in Silence of the Lambs. She is uh, uh, Clarice's roommate. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Uh, forgot about that. I I love that movie, too. Yeah, that's... uh, I saw that, um, I mean, I saw that probably when it first came out, like, in the 90s or so, um, but at a midnight movie, uh, like, way back, like, in college. I, I really wish they still, still did midnight movies around here. Yeah, they, there's not really a whole lot of draw for it, I guess, but, um, I mean, you could do, like, the midnight premieres and shit, but. Yeah, but, I mean, they used to, like, I mean, show awesome movies, like, uh, at the Madison and the Spectrum, too. Um yeah. Some of the stuff I saw, um, you know, Silence of the Lambs, Jaws, a um, lot of like classic horror movies. Um, 
boy, I, it's been so long. I like I'm drawing a blank now on everything that I've seen, but like it, I mean, it was weekly. Every week there was something new playing at midnight, and there was I mean there was crowds all the time. Uh, but anyway, back to uh, the better known as um, she is also a director uh, of note. She's done a lot of things. She's done um, Eve's Bayou, uh, The Caveman's Valentine with Samuel Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. She directed an episode of Luke Cage. Probably that's the most recent thing uh, most people would know her from. Um, wow. Moving on to the to the main people, um, Virginia Madsen has been, you know, she's been in a ton of stuff over the years. Um, most recently, let's see. Oh, she was in the Swamp Thing TV series, which tragically only got one season. I thought it was really good. That was a. Um, it was one of those. It was made I still for the. Haven't, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, it was made for the DC like TV app, uh, and then it was like shunted off to the CW. And then because it was so expensive to make, they just decided not to do it. And it, I think think that's on HBO, right? It's uh, on HBO Max. I believe so. If it's not on, yeah, it is because they have a couple. They have some of those like superhero shows on there. Yeah, because I know Titans is on there. Yeah, yeah. If it's not on there, it'd be on the CW app. Um, Yeah. But that was, I mean, like they had the look of the character down, like like the just the feel of like you know the stories, and yeah, one season and it was gone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, both, uh, Virginia Madsen and the, uh, one of the other leads, Xander Berkeley, her husband have done a ton of voice work, uh, for DC for animated movies. Um, let's see, going through Virginia Madsen's, uh, IMDB here. Is she one of those people that they, they bring back to, to do a character over and over again? She's done a, a bunch of different characters. Let's see. She was a roulette on Justice League Unlimited. She was on Teen Titans as Arella. I don't. I don't know who she is, unfortunately. Uh, more of a more of a Marvel guy. Uh, she was on Justice League, the regular Justice League, as Doctor Sarah Corwin. Um, that might be it as far as the DC work. Xander Berkeley has done way more. I was looking through his IMDb, and he's done, he's all over like DC animated movies. Um, some of the other really? movies you might know Virginia Madsen from, uh, Sideways with uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, was that the the one where he was like a wine connoisseur? Yeah, he was like on a wine uh, like wine trip with his buddy. Uh, the yeah. Haunting in Connecticut. Uh, she was the mom in that movie, I believe. Oh yeah, that's the one where they like they moved into the funeral parlor and they found like the bodies in the walls. Yeah, yeah. I, I just watched that like last month. I remember seeing that in the movie theater. I really liked that movie. Yeah, that was that was a good. There was there was a time like when that came out, haunted house movies were just like on fire. Yeah, there was there one like every week. Ones. Yeah, and it's 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 hard to remember which one is which. That's why I'm like I think that's the one where it's the yeah. you know, the the funeral home. Yep. Um, she was on Spider Man, uh, the cartoon, the Silver Sable, um, Justice League, the Practice. The Haunting. That's that's a late '90s one. I'm trying to remember that one because there was the one. There was a Fox TV movie called The Haunting, but I think it was from earlier in the '90s, and it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Is is the one she was in the one that had? Um, Let's see. It's the one with Catherine Zeta Jones and uh, uh, Liam Neeson was in it. Right? Yeah. That was that's pretty good. I haven't seen that in a while. I just remember that's when Owen Wilson gets his head ripped off by the by the lion pendulum, right? Yeah, in the in the fireplace. Yeah. That is that is the only movie that I ever went to the movie theaters with my father to see. Really? 
Yeah. I remember seeing that in the movies. Uh, and, and the only time I ever went with my grandfather to the movie theater was to see Air Force One. Oh, wow. So the so those two movies kind of hold a, a special place in my heart, good or bad, you know? <laughs> um, Highlander 2, Get she was in, off my plane. which I just saw recently for the first time. Oof. I didn't I hate remember. it as much as I thought I would. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's good. Oh, no, no, no. It was terrible. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, enjoyable, terrible. It was in the, the realm of acceptable terrible. <laughs> uh, both she and Xander Berkeley had stints on Moonlighting. That was way back with uh, Bruce Willis and um, what's her name? Sybil Shepard. Yeah, that was before he was a movie star. Yeah, that's the thing that kind of made him uh, like propel. Well, that and Die Hard. Um, Xander Berkeley, uh, though. It, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think he did. Didn't he do Hudson Hawk before he did Die Hard? Oh, Hudson Hawk, I want to say, was 88. Die Hard is, what, 86 or 87? I th- is it that old? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, on to the other, uh, one of the other leads, Xander Berkeley. This dude, like, for being in so many memorable things, you would think his face would be in a lot more, you know, kind of more in... The collective conscious is mine, but he's he kind of slips through the cracks and he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, the is biggest he, he's not he's not like a main character in anything though, is he? He's always just like a peripheral. That's the thing, guy. I think he's always like a peripheral person. Um, yeah. he was on The Walking Dead for a while, uh, recently, it's like 26 to 2018. Uh, his, his character was Gregory, he was the um, when once they they kind of it's like he's like one of the not like the head, like bad guy of the new settlement but he's like kind of like the second in charge um yeah he was kind of memorable on that uh scrolling through macgyver the tv series the newer one he was on supergirl the newest one uh 12 monkeys the tv series which i've never seen but great movie oh man i tried to watch that show yeah i think i got about halfway through the first season like it started off pretty cool but it just it couldn't compare to the movie Uh, um like there was just nowhere for it to go Go uh, I'll, I'll, before I get to his DC work because he has done a lot of DC stuff. I'll go through his TV and stuff, uh, TV and movies. Um, he was on Justified for a couple episodes, of which if nobody's seen that, I highly, highly recommend Justified. I I'm not a big like police show fan, um, but I am a big Elmore Leonard fan, and that's based on a <laughs> character created by Elmore Leonard, uh, played by Timothy Oliphant. I'm a t- big Timothy Oliphant fan. Yeah. Uh, that is one of my favorite series, and like I, I've been meaning to rewatch that, uh, you know, during this quarantine uh, period, and I haven't gotten around to it. I, I got to start rewatching that show. Yeah, where is that? Can we watch that on Netflix or something? Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I want to say it's definitely on Hulu, uh, mm. but it could also be on Netflix. Uh, I've, I, I've recently discovered that things that I really want to watch are on Hulu, and I don't have Hulu. Oh, uh, depresses me. Uh, I I cannot recommend that series enough. Uh, he was also in Karen Sisko, uh, the TV show, which is another uh, Elmore Leonard uh, property. I don't know that I'm familiar with that one. Oh, Karen Sisko uh, was another character he created. Uh, she was in... Jennifer Lopez played her in Out of Sight, um, which is another fantastic movie. That's 98, I want to say. It's um, Jennifer Lopez know, and... Jo- oh, Jennifer Lopez and George Clooney, Out of Sight. Awesome the movie. Only, the only Jennifer Lopez movie that I uh, 
ever really want to watch is The Cell. See, I, I, I saw that once and I'm like, ugh. I, I have a very low tolerance of movies that are weird just for the sake of being weird. And like that oh, falls into that I category. A, I have a high tolerance for that. <laughs> Sometimes that's just what I want. <laughs> uh, back to Xander Berkeley. He was in Kick-Ass. Uh, let's see. Year one. The the biggest thing people are going to know him from is Terminator 2. He was John Connor's stepdad. Oh shit. The dude who gets the uh like his the mom puts the, the blade through his mouth when he's drinking the milk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the blood mixed with the milk and it was gross. <laughs> yeah. He was like the scumbag stepdad in that. Yep. Uh let's see. There was a Jumanji TV series apparently, and he was in it. Which news to me. A TV series? Yeah. I remember the cartoon. Yeah, I I, I don't remember that. Uh yeah, Attica. There's, there's def- Oh, here we go. Air Force One. Ha-ha. Yeah. Uh, Apollo 11. Uh, Apollo 13, the movie. Uh, like the That's the big one with like Tom Hanks. Yeah, was he, was he on, the, was he on the, the ship or was he on like a ground control? He's bag? probably Hen, uh, Henry Hurt was his name. I think he's one of the ground dudes. Um, he was on the X-Files. Uh, he was on the show, I, I believe we, you and I have discussed before. I loved this show, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sci-fi uh, western? Yes. Give me that. <laughs> With, uh, what's his name? Show Nuff. Uh, I forget his, his, uh, yeah. Yeah, his actual name. Uh, and Bruce goddamn Campbell. Yes. <laughs> um, Moonlighting I mentioned before. This dude, as far as TV in the early 80s, was on fucking fire. Okay, he was in Sid and Nancy, also, another movie he was in. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but between, let's see, uh, between 1981 and 1985, uh, just, this is just a short list of the shows he was on, starting in 1981, MASH, The Incredible Hulk, Heart let me, to Heart. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. You, you mispronounced it. It's MASH, parentheses, greatest show ever to be on television, <laughs> and parentheses. Sorry. Mash, The Incredible Hulk, Heart to Heart, uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey, which I remember used to be on USA. What the fuck is that? It was like a, I think it was like a ripoff, like Indiana Jones type of like anthology uh, show. Oh, okay. Uh, Remington Steel, Cagney and Lacey, Riptide, Falcon's Crest, The A Team, and V, the TV show. Oh, and Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, everybody was on V. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> At one point, everybody had this is to the, be on V. This is the second time this has happened. Uh, but that is a hell of a TV resume right there in, in five years. Especially with the, the impact that all those shows had. Yeah. Maybe not all those shows, but... And again, nobody remembers this poor guy. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, we have Tony Todd, who we could just do an episode on how awesome Tony Todd is and like all the stuff he's been in. Um, yeah. Holy Lord! I mean, just his resume here. Uh, stuff that hasn't even come out yet. He's in the new He-Man cartoon, which I'm excited about. Um, Ooh, he's in the he new that? He Scareglow. Ooh. Uh, I I recently sold that figure at a comic book show for like fifty dollars. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, he's in the Candyman reboot. Let's see. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, I forgot uh, to talk about Xander Berkeley's uh, DC stuff, but uh, he's done a ton of it, as has Tony Todd done a ton of voice work for DC. Um, sure. Justice League. He's got Dark. a very iconic voice. Like Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he that, that deep, like, just memorable voice. Um, he was Darkseid in The Death and Return of Superman. Uh, the Orville, Darkseid and Reign of the Supermen. Uh, he was on the Flash TV show, actually. Uh, he was the main, he was the big bad in, I think, season two. Uh, he was Zoom. Um, Anne-Marie, the, the actress who played Anne-Marie, uh, she was also in that. She played um, Iris and Wally uh, West, who's Impulse, their mom. Yeah. Doesn't she, she, her name is like, she has the same name as like somebody else that's famous, doesn't she? Who is that? The the woman who played Anne-Marie. Oh, Vanessa Williams. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I mentioned before he was on Riverdale. Um, Scooby-Doo. Everybody seems to have done a voice on Scooby-Doo also who's in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, like his, his IMDb is so long that like I'm scrolling through stuff and I like there's still so many things I haven't even gotten to. Um, Young Justice, the TV show. Um, how about how about this? What is what is your favorite thing that you've ever seen Tony Todd in? Personally, for me, the remake of Night of the Living Dead, which I I think is a is an underrated movie. I, I'm not I not just oh it like absolutely is. Thirty minutes ago, I said I, I don't enjoy remakes. This is the exception that proves the rule. Um, I think Tom Savini did an amazing job with that movie. Everybody, I mean, Tony Todd does an amazing job in that movie. I mean. Hands down, that's one of my favorite horror movies. Um, uh, the Crow, obviously, we mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. God, we could do this all. I'm still scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and there's things I know I yeah. haven't gotten to. Um, he was Death, for Christ's sake, in the Final Destination movies. Um, oh, man. Donner is very, very vocal about Tony Todd. Yeah, he's, he's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite is when he was on Star Trek. <laughs> Uh, he was on Smallville. He was on Angel. Um, uh, Star Trek, you mentioned, obviously, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, he was in he The was, Wishmaster. He, he, he was actually three separate characters in Star Trek. <laughs> wow. He, I, I'm pretty sure he played two different Klingons. He played, he played Worf's brother at one point. I think he played a separate Klingon. And then in Voyager... He played four characters, oh, no. it looks like. Was it four? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Three. I think it was three. Alpha Herogen, Kern. Uh, where's the other one? And Kern. Jake, adult Jake Six. Adult Jake, Jake Sisko. Sisko, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, just scrolling down. The Rock, uh, New York Undercover, NYPD Blue, The X-Files, Law & Order, The Crow. I, I mean, Kern, Kern, more Star Trek. Jake and the Fat Man. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Matlock. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, which we just mentioned. Yep. Um, I, I, I like I'm gonna ease into the the, the crapshoot because I personally love Tony Todd. Um full disclosure, I, I have worked with Tony Todd uh, at a at a comic convention before. Um I have met uh, I mean as far as 
you know, celebrities up and down the ladder from A list to Z list. Um, you know, all kinds of people who've been in movies, TV shows, without a doubt. Oh, geez, I almost knocked over the recorder. Um, without a doubt, he is probably, if not the absolute best, you know, definitely one of the best people I have ever had the pleasure to work with. Um, just a solid, solid dude all around. The nicest guy. Um, I interviewed him for my podcast. We only had a little bit, like maybe like 10, 15 minutes to talk. So it's a pretty short interview, but I mean, well, I mean, like we get into it. He just tells me, I mean, everything. I mean, like he, I just, I'm just gushing because I, I, it's, it's rare that you meet people this nice, like doing these type of yeah, things. I've, I've never heard anybody have a uh, crossword to say about him. Yeah. I mean, he, to the point where like when we were talking, you know, uh, all, like the first, I mean, we spent the whole weekend, we were just kind of interacting with each other. We got to this con Friday night. I mean, I saw him in the bar and I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking Tony Todd. And my friend, like my, one of my friends with me is like, oh yeah, I was talking to him earlier. Like, let's go over and talk. And I'm like, no, we're, we're not just going to walk up and talk. <laughs> you can't, you can't <laughs> just talk to Tony Todd. So like, like he just drags me over and I'm, I'm like, I'm doing the, like the stammering, like I, I, I'm so honored. Like, I, I'm just such a huge, like, he's like, oh, come on. He's like, you know, you, no problem. Like he ended up talking to us the whole night. He was like, I mean, we literally just sat and hung out and drank and just had a great time the whole night. Uh, same yeah. thing on Saturday night. We hung out for a while again. Um, Sunday when we were doing our interview, he he was basically taking me around to everybody else, introducing me to everybody else, hooking me up with more interviews. Um, That's awesome. Because of Tony Todd, I can say this following sentence, and I can tell you that every word that is about to come out of my mouth is literally 100% true. Because of the Candyman, I had to be rescued by MacGyver from Pauly from Goodfellas. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. That is a 100% factual sentence. We, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, right. We're like, um, you know, me, him and I are just kind of shooting the shit. He's like, who else do you want to talk to around here? I'm like, um, I'm just looking around. I saw Paul Sorvino. I'm like, I, I would love to talk to Paul Sorvino. You know, I, I'm a huge Goodfellas fan. It's like, yeah, no problem. He's like, come on. So we walk over. <laughs> Just start shooting the shit. He's like, hey, this is my hey, friend Chris. let me introduce you to my friend, Paul Servino. Yeah, he's like, this is my friend Chris. He wants to ask you a few questions. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. So, like, I sit down next to Paul Servino. And if you've ever been to a comic convention, like, if you're at an autograph table as a celebrity, it's, you know, a folding table, folding chair, pretty much. Nothing special. Mm-hmm. They have Paul Servino set up at, like, a nice, like, you know, table. In a like leather recliner, like a throne, basically. <laughs> so like it's, the, yeah, like so it's already like this weird setup. Like he's obviously like the guest of honor here, and like I sit down, and, like I'm just oh, you know, it's so nice to meet you. You know, thank you for talking to me. I, I'm a real big fan of Goodfellas. And after I said that, I realized I really don't have much to say to Paul Sorvino. Uh, after yeah, I, I after I like Goodfellas, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting there, and like I start like kind of like fumbling into like just general questions i know i can like kind of build stuff off of like uh so so how how did you did you start and he's just just like i started auditioning for roles and they started putting me in like he just wasn't giving me anything i decided i wanted to be an actor yeah it it was literally something like that so i'm sitting there and i'm just i realize i have nothing at this point i have no questions i have nothing i've been there maybe three minutes and I'm just like, uh, um, uh, and then I shit you not as if it was like 845 on a Sunday night and we're like 75% you 
the way through a MacGyver episode, fucking, I see Richard Dean Anderson, like, walking up, and he's like, hey, Paul, like, what's going on? And I'm just like, huh? Like, MacGyver? (laughs) And then, like, and Paul's like, oh, hey, Richard, what's going on? They start talking, like, you know, they start shooting the shit. Like, oh, you know, I'm in town. I got to see my daughter this weekend. And, like, as they're talking, I just go, oh, well, uh, that's it for me. That's all I really had. I got to go. And just bullet the fuck out of there. Yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) So that's how I got rescued by MacGyver. That's wild. (laughs) Um, I don't have any, I don't have any cool stories like that. (laughs) Mostly because I never got out and did anything, but. Um, one of the, like, I don't know why, I don't know how we got to this point. It was one of the nights we were drinking. Um, Usually, like if you know you get assigned, if you're a celebrity doing one of these like cons, you get assigned like a like a gopher for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was me, uh, my wife Amanda, uh, my friend Tony, and his gopher. We're just hanging out at the bar and we're drinking. And he started. I don't know how we got to this, but this is like when Herman Cain was running for president. And he's like, you know, I know Herman Cain. We're like, really? Like, you know Herman Cain? Like, I don't know. Like, it was just one of those. He, he just said it. <laughs> fucking excuse me yeah 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 so like you, you don't know herman kane like you're bullshitting us you know he's like no 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 hold on let me call him <laughs> he picks up the phone he calls a number and he, like he starts talking he's like herman hey what's going on and like as he's talking i see his gopher on the phone <laughs> next to him and i'm like wait a minute like you're talking to him <laughs> he's like no i'm not no i'm not and like I, you know, he the other dude, like the gopher, holds up his phone. It says Tony Todd on the phone. Like, <laughs> you motherfucker! That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I said, I, I just, Christ. I like one of the best people I've ever worked with. I think we are still on schedule to work again later this year. I, like I really, really, really hope so. Yeah, that's why I said I have Good to remember luck. that fact for for later for future reference. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I cannot cannot go on enough about Tony Todd. That's awesome. <laughs> Tony Todd needs to be in more like A-list movies. Yeah, and, like he's he's been in so much shit that like nobody sees, and he's just so good in all of it. Yeah, he. I, I don't remember if I said this. I did say this while we were recording. Movie helper. Just anything he is yeah. in is automatically like one level better just because he is in it. Um, but oh, I'm forget where I was going. I as we were talking, like he explained, like how he got started. He is like very classically trained. Like went to school for acting. Went to a little lot of like you know stage acting. That was like his primarily like that's how he got into like movie acting. Because he was a stage actor. Was um, he like a like a Shakespearean guy or just yeah. like theater in general? Yeah, like Shakespearean, like just uh, you know all theater pretty much. Um, yeah, he told. I remember him telling me he was actually very good friends with comedian uh, Lewis Black, um, just because they went to school together and were the same like kind of acting program. Um, did he Did he call him when you were there? No, he did not pretend to call <laughs> Lewis Black. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that's you know one of the reasons why he does have that presence. Why he, he does elevate everything he's in because he, you know, he has been trained like, you know, he's been through you know. The, like everything I think he told I want to say he went to like Strasbourg you know like one of those like names you just know like acting schools yeah um so yeah like like, like, a, like a Juilliard yeah like he's not fucking around out there like this dude has been trained to act he's not just a dude standing yeah. in front of a camera yep that's his career yeah that's awesome 
Oh man, but this is uh, officially our longest episode ever. Yeah, yeah, an hour and twenty. Not minutes. by not by a ton, but definitely our longest. <laughs> that's I mean, that's it's gonna happen eventually. You know, you, you're gonna find a movie that you really want to talk about. You really want to dissect. Yeah, and discuss. I, just and know, then it's a good movie. Our and wild then... ass, our wild ass tangents happen. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I I don't know. I kind of want to. Uh, I kind of want to keep watching the sequels now. Like I said, I have I've never seen them, and I don't like. I'm afraid they're gonna like kind of cheapen the the quality of this movie if I do watch them. Though I don't know. I I don't remember. I know. I know. I'm pretty sure in the second one, they go into a lot more detail on his backstory. Oh really? Um, yeah, because I I remember a scene where like you actually watch what they did to him, and I remember it being pretty grisly. I don't remember if they keep like with the the Pretty. the kind of tone and the themes of the original. I I certainly hope they do. I'm going to I'm going to rewatch them. Cuz like I said, they're on uh hmm. they're on streaming services, so you can you can see them. Um Yeah, that's where I watched it too. Um but I think that's I think I'm going to watch the second one tonight at some point. And uh, catch the third one later. But I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, again, cannot recommend this movie enough. Absolutely. Uh, cannot recommend Tony Todd as an actor and all-around great human enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give him money. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, folks, this has been Big Dumb Monsters. Sure has. See you later. Hey everybody, this is Nick. Uh, just checking in at the end of the episode to say thank you for listening to these first few. Uh, I know the recording quality is a little shaky, but uh, they get better, I promise. Uh, but please check us out at, on uh, our socials. We are on Twitter at dumb underscore monsters. We're on Facebook at uh, Big Dumb Monsters Pod. Uh, you can email us uh, with any comments, questions, concerns, criticisms, uh, suggestions for movies. That'd be cool. Uh, BigDumbMonsters at gmail.com. And please check out our website, www.BigDumbMonstersPodcast.com. All right. Thanks, guys.